1: Good afternoon, and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. Tony and I are two uh, licensed Texas attorneys, and we are here to uh, just create a connection with you, reach out, help you with your concerns and uh, issues that you deal with in uh, the legal realm. Uh, Our website is www.legalconnectionshow.com. And you can give us a question at questions at LegalConnectionShow.com. So Tony and I are here today. How are you doing, Tony? I
2: am late. As I always am. <laughs>
1: Tony, if I'd known that that L in your name stands for late, I would have thought about this.
2: <laughs> I, but I drive like I'm in the Fast and
1: Furious mm-hmm. uh, uh, shows, and because
2: I, I skated, I can get around cars that have like stopped short like the one I was behind an 18-wheeler, and it stopped to go to McDonald's. But my skating kind of kicked in, and I knew how to get around it gracefully. okay. (laughs) After he honked at me in a polite way. Uh
1: Uh-huh, right, okay. It
2: was like that ice skating honk, honk,
1: honk, you're cute, be careful, honk, honk. Yeah, it was I'm like
2: you're alive still. My guardian angel was with
1: me the whole way here. (laughs) That's right, that's right. Well, so we're going to have a special guest on our show at the bottom of the hour, um Mr. Simon Sequeria, who is the President of Restore Affordable Water. And I don't know if our listeners know this, but I'm sure some of them do. And Tony, I know that you know that uh, the issue of water and its supply is becoming an incredibly big deal. You know, we deal with uh, flooding here in Houston, but in other parts of Texas. They have water supply issues. Oh, yeah, we
2: had the the drought that took all of our trees out. There, it's a huge deal. Right. Right now, we can't really in the near past be able to uh, grasp how important um, fresh water and our rights to it are because of all the flooding. We have too much. Actually, it's contaminated water. That's but right. Very, very critical. Very good segment. We're going to have today so people can learn about this and. Uh, I'm looking very much forward to it.
1: Me too. So am I. But first, we're going to wrap up with juvenile law. We've been talking about juvenile law for the last three segments uh, of our show. And we're just going to wrap that up before Mr. Socaria comes on. Uh, So, Tony, we were talking the last time about what happens when your juvenile gets arrested. Um, And
2: um, I will—we have so many viewer and listener questions on this that— I'm just going to a- answer some other questions. Okay, and uh, since a lot of them, just like we had in the last segment, they are not uh, the-, the answers aren't always common sense. Uh, you-, you you think you know right. and you just don't. You That's know? the
1: problem with the law.
2: Yeah. It's not intuitive, <laughs> not always. Yeah. Okay. So here, uh, basically, if your child gets arrested for whatever reason, there's so many different reasons that a child can be arrested, and many times it's improper. Uh, but the police officers are, and law enforcement are only doing the best they can to protect the public and the child. So so let's just say you're in a situation where your child's been arrested. Right. Uh, what to do next? I mean, it's a very it's got to be, uh, I, I know from my own clients that they're, th- these are very good parents. They work. This is not what they expected. And and suddenly they're in this situation. So uh, not to be frantic, we're going to answer the most questions. And so um, uh, basically what, are the choices a prosecutor has when filing a case against a child in juvenile court. And this is just to kind of recap because we went over this last time. And mm-hmm. depending on the kind of case and the age of the child, a prosecutor can file a petition requesting either the certification for trial as an adult, depending on how bad the crime is that they're charged with, uh, a determinate sentence in juvenile court or uh, a, a trial before the juvenile court without a determinate t- sentence will take place. And um, I have, uh, you know, just... Uh, I have a very strong uh, memory and recollection of going to trial in a juvenile case in Harris County where I just loved this kid. This kid was just the sweetest, most quiet uh, child you can imagine, so polite, uh, afraid of what would happen to him while he was in juvenile court, and they wouldn't release him because of what he was charged with was severe enough that they thought he would be a danger to himself or the public, and it was because he had used a gun to protect himself against some people that had just beat him up at the park. And oh, um, that sounds awful, and it it can happen, though. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's bullies, uh, uh, for any number of reasons, this can happen. In his situation, um, he thought he was protecting his family because he'd been threatened, and these people actually did have— they had beaten the pulp out of him in, in, in the park beforehand, and there was evidence of this. But the juvenile court was afraid that if they released him that the same people would hurt him or he might uh, want to protect his family in the same situation. They followed him to his house. So that being said, we went to trial on it, and um, it was just a scary situation for the family and for him. And and through, uh, you know, God's grace, he is now a functioning adult, has his own business, I mean, this was a number of years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, the system worked for him, and uh, it was just a scary— it was very scary at the time. So um, now, who must be present in court when the case is set for hearing,
1: you know? who must be present uh, when it's set for hearing, Mm -hmm. the defendant?
2: Yes, the the child is
1: one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their attorney and the prosecutor? Uh, The prosecutor is usually young. They're always uh, generally the prosecutor. But does their their attorney have to be present as well? If If they don't
2: have an attorney yet, many times they don't have a court appointed or they haven't hired one. At a bare minimum, a parent, a managing conservator, a possessory conservator, a court appointed custodian, are the guardian of the child, must be there and be given given legal notice uh, to attend. So the child won't be by themselves.
1: So the child and a guardian, some right. type of a guardian. Right. And I've seen it where,
2: um, in, in, in the smaller counties and uh, outside of Montgomery, and I think it was Livingston out by, I think it was Walker County. And they're really not that small. It was even smaller than that. It might have been Leon County. But um, the the child was basically by themselves. With the Prosecutor, and, and this was a 12-year-old that had been accused of sexual assault. And uh, it was really bad because they were trying to tell him, oh, everything's going to be okay, just, just, just like you see in the movies, really, really bad, saying, if you just tell us what we want to hear, we're going to release you right now. And, of course, the kid's going to say that. Of course. He's, a, he's 12. <laughs> and, and this kid, I know I talked to him at length after the fact. He did not do what he was accused of at all. But he was told, hey, if you just tell us this, everything's you can fine. can go And that's what he did. And he ended up signing off without his mother there, without a guardian, with no parental supervision. He ended up signing off on a confession. And when I, after the fact, when I read it, I was stunned. Because once you sign a confession, it's like, they don't care how old you are. It's a confession.
1: So what did you do?
2: Uh, right now, we're in the process of going back through an appeal because— He basically pled to something he didn't do, and it's really, really sad because this child was shy. He was scared. Um, uh, When I met him, I I, I didn't meet him in person after his mother called me, and when she told me what happened, I was stunned. I was like, no, 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 you must be wrong, and then I read the records, and then I talked to the, the child, and I wasn't wrong, and it was an injustice. So this is very important for even kids that are listening, for parents to let their kids know. Make sure... You say nothing. Use your 5th Amendment right. Everyone right. everyone Absolutely. should know whether it be teachers or parents or or whoever please don't say anything without a parent or or, or or your attorney present because it's really easy to be to be to believe the people telling you who are law enforcement that's or that's the prosecutors true. to um to say what they want to hear and they're tr- they're trying to do their best they can too.
1: But uh, children plead guilty more than any other age group. Juveniles plead guilty to crimes they did not commit. And they're covering for someone else more than any other group of people. Yeah. Just
2: just make sure your parent or guardian is there. Now, there is an exception. An exception can be made for anyone except the child if the judge finds good cause, if a person lives out of state, or if the parent isn't a conservative child. And I know we only have like a few uh, minutes uh, left on this segment, But I think it's kind of important that we talk about runaways because that happens quite a bit too. Okay,
1: well, we're going to go to break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about runaways. And then we'll segue into our guest speaker. (laughs) All right. Um, www.legalconnectionshow.com or give us a call at 281-529-5862. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani will be back. The Legal Connection Show after the break.
0: alone star community radio is ready for the summer if you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities alone star community radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air alone star community radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round be an on-air personality talk show producer or youtube tv podcast editor contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776.
1: Welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are here today, wrapping up what we've, what has actually turned into a four-part, three-and-a-half-part series on juvenile law, and then we're looking forward to our guest speaker, the president of um, Restore Affordable Water, after the end of the hour. Um, so, Tony, we were talking about what to do uh, if your juvenile gets arrested, and you were iterating to the if we do have kid listeners or parents. Don't plead guilty to anything. Don't or actually, it's true when you're a juvenile because you're not considered a criminal because you're too young.
2: But so your your plea would be uh, true rather than guilty. But but the bottom line is your child should not be talking to, uh, and this goes for school too. Um, your child should not be talking to a a, a person that has uh, some control over their their destiny, more or less. Uh, and that right. would, in this case, it's the prosecutors. Uh, without a parent or an attorney present. Absolutely. They just cannot. No. Uh and the Fifth Amendment right children. So so please, parents, let your children know this. Kids that might be listening, if you, you run into our podcast or whatever, um, just uh just use your Fifth Amendment right and wait for a parent to be there and, and, and follow what you see on all of the T V shows that I'm sure you've watched. Uh you have the right to remain silent, you have the right to an attorney. Use that right. It's a very, very important right here in the United States.
1: And okay. Texas. All right, well, what about uh, the runaway? Okay, and this has to do with, um, you know, there's a, a several
2: different things where we could uh, kind of broach the subject of uh, being a runaway. Uh, children can't, uh, by law, uh, children have to be under the uh, supervision of their parents, or unless they're married or they've been emancipated or, or whatever the case may be. But, but in, in this segment... Um, we're going to talk about what happens when your kid doesn't show up for court. Uh, we have a lot of adults that are runaways. No kidding. <laughs> They're called bail jumpers. No kidding. <laughs> They're not <know> <laughs> very guilty. But but uh, just on the subject of running away, um, we, uh, I think I'd like to uh, ask our, our our good station, uh, I'm going to call you the station manager today since you are here managing Ethan, the station. Yes. Ethan, um, if you were to run away, and let's say, um, not that this happened, but maybe it did, uh, at, at 10 years old, what would your care package be that you took with you?
0: At 10, um, I have to figure out what I would, what I was doing at 10. Uh, probably take a camera, <laughs> maybe some video games.
2: That's a vacation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't take any food cause I wouldn't think about that. Right. I'll just be like, whatever can entertain me while I'm.
2: So let's say you're running away today at, at your age. <laughs> you're going to run away. What would you take today? if You're running away.
0: Uh, probably the same thing. <laughs>
1: okay, well, a camera? Yeah. you You yeah. would I, really take a camera?
0: Hey, I like, well, your I've always wanted, I've happen. always wanted to make movies, so oh, I, okay. if I have a camera or a my phone camera. or okay. something I, like I, that. I then.
2: can tell that you have not given this a great deal of thought. <laughs> my clients would take a toothbrush. Okay. <laughs> I always saw that by the judge. Um, okay, but uh, in this particular segment, let's uh, assume that that this is not a runaway situation where you have to call the police to find your kid. Are are they've been kidnapped or whatever the case may be, something like that. This is a situation if a child has run away and they've already got a court setting. So must the parents still appear in court on the day of the hearing if the child has split or or they don't know where they're at? So what do you think the answer answer? I is
1: think it? yes.
2: Uh, yes, your parents are there to they're there to protect you growing up. They're there to protect you now. Yes, only the judge can excuse anyone from court. A court appearance. When the person has been ordered to be present, if the child later returns home, the parents must notify notify the juvenile promotion officer, the child's attorney, and the court. The court will then issue an order to pick up the child and probably place him in a detention center until a new court date. Because the reason they're putting in the detention center is because they're not trustworthy to stay, right, to be where home. they're supposed to be. Now, free. agree. Uh, yeah, and, so and that's really bad. So kids don't skip your court date right? or make sure your attorney is covering your, you know, what, right? because uh, I, and I've done that before too. If my child doesn't show up for court, I am there saying, Oh, you know, just give us a little bit more time. And I'm fine. I find them. Mm-hmm. I will track them down by finding their friends. A good attorney is going to go that far for this kid to right. find them. And so when you first are interviewing them and this um, attorneys know this, you're asking about their friends you're, you're really sort of interrogating them to get more information about them so you can find them if they do this. Because mm-hmm. kids are scared. And right. kids that get in trouble like this are more likely to not be around because it's just an easier way out. Mm-hmm. Right? So if a child's parents were served with papers about the hearing and they fail, and the parents fail to appear, can the hearing be held without them
0: if the child is present?
2: What do you think? I think yes. Yes. Very good, very good. Um, If a child's parents fail to appear for any reason after being served or it was never possible to serve them because they simply couldn't be found or if the child's parents are dad or no one else has legal custody of them, the judge can appoint a guardian ad litem for him and the case will be heard. Right. And I can see that happening, too, if kids are out of state or,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or maybe their parents didn't. You know, if it's a really sad situation, they just don't have parents around for whatever reason. Right. And we're talking about... Uh, most of the time, this is kids that are like 16, 17, and even any kid under 18, they may have left the state for work, or whatever the case may be. And we have a, that kind of segues into a, a, a topic we're not talking about today, which is people that come over the border that are children. What do you do with them? They have to have an, a guardian if they get into trouble. And it could be they're picked up and they don't have a guardian. In, and ICE will pick them up. Mm-hmm. And then they put them into a, uh, to foster care. Mm-hmm. Or they try to find the, ch- the children. The, ch- the kid knows who they're living with. And they mm-hmm. try to cover for them. But mm-hmm. at some point they do get into, they don't like, the, the justice system does not like kids in their system. It's not a good environment. Right. Uh, they pick up a lot of bad habits there. But uh, but again, they will put them in there and they'll keep them there for a long time. And they'll have detention hearings. I believe it's every, I think it's every 10 days, they'll have a hearing wow. that you go in. and I remember showing up for these all the time with my kids, uh, trying to get them out because mm-hmm. the parents couldn't supervise them because they were working. And you're trying to convince the judge to let them out. And And the judge, a lot of times, will keep them in the detention center for for various reasons. But there are certain arguments that you have. But they don't like to keep them in there. And and when they're in the detention center, they actually have school and church and activities. That's good. Um, On the other hand, when they're in the detention center, they are with a bunch of other kids that may not be the best influence. You don't want them in the detention center. You want them out as quickly as you can. Okay. So um, that being said, uh, if a parent has been unable to hire an attorney, must the child and the parent still come to court on the hearing date? So the parent's there, and the child is there. Um, but they have no attorney. They have no attorney. What do they do? What do you think?
1: They have to show up.
2: Yes. Yes, a parent may ask the judge for an appointed attorney. If the judge agrees, the case may be reset to allow an attorney time to prepare. And that's happened to me a lot, where I've come in way after the fact. I'm there, and, and usually it's because they just don't have enough money. Attorneys are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the juvenile system is really, really good about appointing attorneys. And, and I will say, out of the court-appointed attorneys, they are— um, really good attorneys because they're compassionate yeah. in that field. So, so I, and the attorneys I've met in the system that represent juveniles uh, are compassionate people, and so it's, they're not to be feared. And I would say uh, don't, don't feel like this is a case where you need to go hire somebody to get the best out there, although that'd be good. Uh, I, I've just had a really good uh, experience with the court-appointed attorneys. Even though I'm not court-appointed, I would have gone that direction Uh, but the juvenile cases are kind of sad. And so I tried to, you get sucked into it and you're living it and it's really, really hard. It's like, you know, there's a high suicide rate for counselors. The same thing I can see happening to attorneys because you're living the life of these people and you want to take them all in, like, you're like, almost like an animal shelter for lack of a better way to compare it. And you just can't. So Mm -hmm. um, anyway, who takes part in a court hearing and what are their jobs? Who do you think?
1: Who takes part in a court hearing? What I would think that the attorney ad litem would take part, and their job is to uh, represent the child, and and, and the same as with the child's attorney. Yeah, and um,
2: it's the exact same thing. Uh, it's your, when you go to court for a child, it's pretty much the same situation as when you go to court for an adult, except where you have a different set of rules. It's through the Texas Family Code as opposed to the Texas Penal Code, mm-hmm. and you're pleading um, true as opposed to guilty, and you're delinquent, not you know, a criminal, your juvenile delinquent. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole different set of rules that we're not going to get into because it gets really a lot more complex than what we're covering today. But of course, people can, you know, write us questions to our website and we'll be happy to answer that. And that's
1: questions at legalconnectionshow.com. Or they could also call us at 281-529-5862. I just want to throw that in there.
2: And a few more things that I'll kind of hit on if we have enough time. Um, Now, let's say that your child really did what they were, charged with uh, they right. stole something from the mall uh, on, on a, a, slot, a l- low level mm-hmm. or let's say they um skip school which is really a big deal here in texas right now if your kids skip school they've got these uh school patrol you know law enforcement and um if you're late it could be considered skipping school they will give you a ticket mm-hmm. and you have to show up for court and my uh my daughter went to Air high school while i lived up here in conroe for a while because i didn't want to remove her from her friends and her school and all that stuff And we were late so much because we had to drive an hour and a half out. She got tickets. I could show up in court. And um, if you were late six times, you're considered absent. And they were like, you're a juvenile delinquent. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's making like straight A. She's not a juvenile delinquent. And I was an attorney. And it's really hard to fight this system because they get, I think, funding through the state. And I'm not an expert on this area. But get
1: your kids to school on time because that's all. The same thing happened to my daughter, my youngest daughter. She just had a hard time waking up. And the school actually worked with her, but I was shocked at yeah. what a big deal it was they a huge made. Huge mm-hmm. deal. When we were growing up, no big deal. I remember oh, no. I, in other states, it's not. that this big This is of terrible. A deal.
2: I went to Charleston High School, and I was late all the time on my own. You know, it was it was my own on my own volition that I was late. I mm-hmm. was just. I, was, I think in part was because I made pretty good grades and I knew I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And I had to walk, uh, walk, you know, five miles in the snow, uphill, whatever. Both uh, ways. <laughs> but I had to walk and um, I was late a lot. They did not care. No. My grades went down one semester like Ds and Fs, and I still graduated with honors somehow, so it was just one semester. But um,
1: <laughs> Back but, then, they didn't care about our grades either. They didn't though. care about that. Back in, <laughs> back in the old days, in the 70s. Right. And, uh, My they, daughter actually said that to me the other day. Way back then, Mom, they didn't do they that. They did not care. I, I
2: was surprised that I was still even enrolled, to tell you the truth, one semester, and, and I came back in. But I think they, things have changed, how times have changed. Okay, So let me ask a couple, just one more question here. Does a child have a right to bail? What do you think?
1: Does a child have a right to bail? No. Okay. It's, uh, that's kind of
2: a, it depends question. Right. But, but yeah, they don't have a right to bail. But if you're under 18. Wow. 17 and over, you can be charged as, as a crime. And so you have a right to bail if you're 17, between 17 and 18. Okay. Uh, even though you're really not a child. And Well,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, so, so no right to the, bail. The answer
2: is not unless he has been certified for trial as an adult and transferred to the adult criminal court Benny has the same right to bail as an adult. So if you're 15, you can bail. But if you're right. not... If you're in the you, juvenile system, no bail.
1: Yeah, you're too... Either like with your kid. parents,
2: with a guardian, or you are in the detention center. So kids,
1: you know, take note. That's right. Okay, well, we are going to go to break right now. Uh, this is Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are co-hosts of The Legal Connection. And we're looking forward to our guest, Mr. Simon Seguera, uh, the president of... Uh, restore uh, affordable water. And so after the break, we're going to be talking about water rights and law. Helen Keller, water, water, right? Water, water, that's right. Our connection yes, from blindness to speaking. (laughs) Um, No, we're super excited about this. We know that this is a big deal. And uh, I just want to tell you that you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com. You can love us on Facebook. You can, you could love us. But please don't hate on us. Uh, Forward slash Legal Connection Show. We will be right back after the break.
2: Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776.
0: This is Rick TRC. Every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7. I play today's country hits on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star. The type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears. On Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and as always on worldwide, IRLoneStar.com.
1: To the Legal Connection with Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Johani. And we are very excited today for the second half of our show. We're going to be talking about water law. And we have a special guest. His name is Simon Cicada, and he is the president of Restore Affordable Water or RAW. How are you doing, Simon?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you Good. for having
1: me. Well, thank you for being on our show. Um, Tony and I are very excited. We know, we've been doing our research this week about water and, you know, I've heard. This morning. Right, no, (laughs) for me it was this week. Okay, yesterday and day before. But, um, you know, I've heard, I know water is just a big, huge deal. And uh, I know in Colorado there have been instances of people actually going to the hospital because they changed the water gate uh, the water head and they were out there beating each other up with shovels and gone to prison you and all, in Colorado. Oh, they do that. And that's <laughs> at least what I've heard. They smoke pot and they beat each other up. I'm not going. It doesn't go together really. You're, <laughs> you're not going back, okay? But um also there're just issues all over the country, all over the world. I have heard it put that water is the new gold. Water is the new gasoline. Mm-hmm. Uh here in Saudi Arabia they wash their cars with gas. And here we're blessed to be able to wash our cars with water. Right. I'm right. grateful we don't have to go around smelling like That is crazy. It, yeah.
2: Do not smoke in Saudi Arabia. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, my funny. gosh.
1: Well, so, Simon, Mr. Cicada, tell us about yourself and what Restore Affordable Water is.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I think Mark Twain said it right uh, 150 years ago. Whiskey's for drinking and water's for fighting. And, uh, hmm. and, and that's really how, uh, how things are coming down in Texas these days. Um, so recently we have, uh, launched an organization called Restore Affordable Water. And it's, um, our goal is to bring transparency and accountability to the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District. It's a, um, historically it's been an appointed board. Um, and in November, it will be an elected board.
2: Is that well, in the that's state good. of Texas or Montgomery County?
0: That is just Montgomery County. So okay. Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District regulates the water just in Montgomery County. And
2: what got you started doing that in Montgomery County? Because we just had all these floods, and so it doesn't seem like it would be an issue.
0: Right. That's right. Uh, I've been in the water business for a long time. Uh, I'm also the president of QuadVest. We're a large water provider. In we Montgomery are County. a client. Oh, Great. Uh, I hope we, we do a good job I hope like we you. get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have, um, we have been challenging Lone Star to be more transparent and open. And um, in this last legislative session, Representative Metcalf and Senator Creighton changed uh, the, the board makeup of Lone Star to be an elected board rather than appointed. So for 17 years, it's been an appointed board. Uh, We don't think they've been accountable to the voters and to the people of Montgomery County. So
2: how long has the board existed?
0: So Lone Star was created in 2001. And uh, this is a little bit shocking, but I will read you the enabling part of the enabling legislation. So uh, House Bill 2362 uh, from 2001 created the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District. And so here's the, the operative piece of that legislation. It says, um, a person who qualifies to serve on the board shall be qualified to serve as the director, participate in all votes relating to the business of the district, regardless of any common law doctrine or any statutory conflicts of interest, incompatibility, or similar provision to the contrary. Section 36058 of the Water Code relating to conflicts of interest do not apply to the district. Wow. Oh my
2: God. It's pretty
0: shocking. No. I know. So
2: who got appointed?
0: Um, well, the San Jacinto River Authority has a designated appointee, um, and they've had numerous different people, but they've always been uh, from the San Jacinto River Authority. Okay. Um, Woodlands Joint Powers has someone, the MUDs have someone, small cities in Montgomery County have someone, City of Conroe has someone, Commissioner's Court has two appointees. So we've always said for 17 years um, they haven't been accountable, and initially they were exempt from conflicts of interest. And so, um, water bills in Montgomery County have doubled. They have. They have. Wow. And uh, we're trying to fix that.
2: that okay, is so wonderful. now I understand what the board is for. But you're saying that they are can be elected now to the board. Who votes?
0: So in November there will be an election, and there will be seven. All seven board members will now be elected.
1: That is wonderful. Wow. And how do you get on the ballot? That sounds exciting. Uh, <laughs> Tony wants to be on the ballot. I do. Oh,
0: perfect. <laughs> we would love for you to be on the ballot. You <laughs> don't want
2: me. I asked
1: too many questions. But She's um, a landman. Well,
2: I'm a landman and I'm intrigued by that because I know the rule of capture and over here in Montgomery County, um, you know, the San Jose River Authority, all that I'm very interested in all of that. So um tell me about that. I'm I'm assuming that maybe you'll run to be on the board or yeah. You're already on the
0: board? board or no, I'm I'm I live in Cyprus, so I don't live in Montgomery County. Okay. So what? I know, I know. So I would love to be on that board. But. So we
1: have elections in November. How can our listeners find out about the people that are actually running?
0: So one of the things Raw will be doing is is we're talking to potential candidates. We'll end up endorsing certain candidates. Uh we will have a candidate school to talk about here's what's expected of you at Lone Star. Um and as we get closer to the election, um, we, we expect to endorse candidates.
2: I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know about this. So where yeah. is candidate school?
0: Well, we don't know yet. We haven't set a date and a time <laughs> yet. And we're just now talking about the different people that want to run. And we're talking to them and, and explaining to them what's, uh, what's involved in running and how much time and energy and effort. Um, you don't have to be a water expert. You don't have to be a lawyer. You should probably have a healthy Distrust for the government.
1: (laughs) And respect for water.
0: Respect Mm -hmm. for water, conservation. Use water. Sure.
2: (laughs) And live in Montgomery County, I would assume.
0: Yeah, to live in Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. Um, We would certainly expect you to honor private property rights. Mm -hmm. Uh, Groundwater is private property. Mm -hmm. Uh, Groundwater districts didn't always believe that. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently some cases have come out, and it's crystal clear that groundwater is private property.
1: Okay, so tell us about that. Yes, we want to know about
0: that. Okay, so historically groundwater districts would say um that groundwater is private property but it's not owned in place you only own it when you get it to the top of the ground right which kind sounds a little bit odd and uh, a famous case um day versus edwards aquifer authority challenged that ruling
2: and where was that from texas uh
0: that was in texas and that was uh, a farmer named day mcdaniel and um the Edwards Aquifer Authority basically said, we're not going to give you your water. We're going to deny, deny you a permit. So it
2: must be like Austin, Edwards Aquifer, or San Antonio?
0: Yeah, west of San Antonio. Okay. I don't remember the county.
2: I'm thinking te- Big, the like movie Big. Okay.
0: Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a pecan farmer. Okay. Um, and for 10 years, it went back and forth through uh, through the courts. and eventually went to the Supreme Court.
2: But what was, why, what was he arguing about? Did his water get stopped or...
0: Well, he had um, he had applied for a permit to pump water out of the ground and into a lake and then pump out of that lake to irrigate his pecan okay. orchard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Edwards Aquifer Authority said, no, That once that water touches that lake, it's ours.
2: Oh. So they were telling him if he wanted to do that, he'd have to dig his own lake,
1: I guess?
0: Well, he had his own lake. He had his own well and he had his own lake and he was just impounding his water. Right. And, Into the
1: other, le- the bigger lake.
0: Yes, and, oh. and he was going to suck out of that and irrigate.
2: Oh, they're saying once it hits our lake, it's ours. Yeah. Okay,
0: got it. They denied him the permit to to irrigate his orchard. Okay. Um, and here's what the court said about it. They said, "We decide in this case whether land ownership includes an interesting groundwater in place that cannot be taken." For public use without adequate compensation guaranteed by Article 1, Section 17A of the Texas Constitution. We hold that it does. And so that really sent shockwaves across the groundwater district community in Texas. That now the court is saying groundwater is private property protected from takings. Not that they can't take it, right? They can widen the highways. They can take our land. They can take our water. But they have to pay us for it.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: And so we've argued for years that Lone Star has done exactly that to all of us in Montgomery County.
2: Okay. And now uh, go back. Lone Star, that's the board?
0: That's the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District.
2: Okay. Now tell me, because uh, I, I've got to dumb all this stuff down because I'm trying to absorb it all. Um, why, how have they done that?
0: So Lone Star has replaced a, the private property rights with a permitting scheme. Okay. So they require um, all water providers to get a permit. From who? From them. They issue the permit. Oh, through gosh. the state? Through Lone Star. Okay. The, the local groundwater. Montgomery district. County? Yes.
2: Montgomery County, as in not the city of Conroe, but Montgomery County and all the little areas that are within it.
0: It's, it's the Lone Star groundwater conservation districts whose boundaries are Montgomery County.
2: Okay, so to get this permit, you have to go to Lone Montgomery Star. County over here in the you know, located off of Main Street?
0: No, you go to this groundwater district. Where's that? They are um, north of Conroe. Okay. Um, it's a separate entity. It's okay. a totally separate agency. Okay. It's
1: the wow. one that has all those people that are appointed from the right, right, powers right, right, right. that I just be. I didn't know where they were located. Mm-hmm. I thought you go to the
2: county, but you're saying it's its own yeah, you know, Totally. Wow. Thing. I did not know that. So you have to get a permit from this different place.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> okay. And so if you don't, they, and if you don't get it, if you don't, Comply with their rules, they will find you ten thousand dollars per day per violation.
1: Like oh OSHA. my gosh. My
2: goodness! Really? Um, wow. Okay. So how do they know? Does Does your neighbor turn you in, or?
0: Well, you have to, you have to. Um, in order for a water well driller to drill your well, they have to get a permit. Right. So you really can't hide. But it. that's you don't in the wanna, state, right? Yeah, okay. that's the state. That's
2: and they're watching it through the state. Yes. That makes sense.
0: And okay. and that's not a bad thing that we track. How many oh yeah, absolutely. In the you don't first. want
2: somebody taking all the water off your land that next door to do Correct. whatever they're doing it with.
0: Okay, right, right. So,
1: okay. Listen, well, this is a great conversation. We're going to go to break right now. We're just going to take a short break. We are on the legal connection with Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Johani, and we have the president of Restore Affordable Water, Mr. Simon Cicada, and we are here talking about. Montgomery County water and Texas water, and it's exciting. And elections <laughs> in November, and uh, that's over,
2: exciting. Yes, it is. More yeah. importantly, about these permitting because and that, that ten thousand dollars fine, that's freaking me
1: out. Well, every day, Tony, mm-hmm. a ten thousand dollars fine every day. Okay, we'll be right back after the break. 647 3776.
0: Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit slash Conroe Culture.
1: Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. And we are speaking with Mr. Simon Cicada. He is the president of Restore Affordable Water. And uh, we are discussing the powers that be with Lone Star Groundwater Conservation. And the good news is, is that those members have been appointed in the past but this November, we are looking for the first election right. of that group, which is exciting. And Mr. Cicada's group, uh, Restore Affordable Water, is an instrumental piece in ensuring that those elections are well-informed and fair and representative of the community. Right. Let me ask you this. Is Did they change the rules um, so that there could no longer be a conflict
2: of interest, or is that still open?
0: That was changed uh, two sessions ago. Okay, good. Um they Fought pretty hard to stop that from happening because only people with an
2: interest would actually want to be on the board. Is there's no, no one knows about it until right, probably right. today,
0: you know? That's that's the question I think everyone should ask themselves why in the world would anyone need to be exempt from conflicts of interest? And who is exempt from conflicts of interest? Why, who does? who benefited from that? Mm-hmm. Um, the path leads you to the San Jacinto River Authority almost everywhere you look, okay? So Um, let's go back a little bit to the, to the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District. So today in Texas, there are 99 separate groundwater conservation districts that, um, for the most part have counties as their boundaries.
2: Okay. So Harris County has one also.
0: Harris County has the Harris Galveston County subsidence district. Okay. Fort Bend subsidence district. Uh, Blue Bonnet, uh, groundwater district has four counties. Okay. In their district, uh, Liberty County does not have a groundwater district. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of regulation. And we think about it as um, 99 different railroad commissions. Imagine if we had 99 different railroad commissions across the state. that it would reg- be a
2: disaster. It
0: would be a well, disaster. Well, particularly
2: near county lines.
0: Yes. <laughs> so they're regulating bas- based on political boundaries mm-hmm. and not aquifer boundaries. So our aquifers stretch across multiple counties, but Mm -hmm. these districts regulate on per county boundaries, Mm -hmm. and it is a disaster.
2: Okay, and tell me, um, give me an example for our listeners how a person like me would be affected by this disaster. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, in Montgomery County, we are limited to 64,000 acre feet a year of pumpage. Um, There's nothing... Special about that number? We believe it's a reverse-engineered number. That number was designed to force water providers to sign a contract with the San Jacinto River Authority.
2: Okay, and what it, does that cost?
0: Uh, it basically doubles your water bill. It's a okay. gallonage charge of about two dollars and seventy cents per thousand gallons. that rate? The San Jacinto River Authority.
2: Okay, so yeah. how do you? That's a monopoly. So how do you get around that?
0: Yeah. Um, well, the first step to getting around it is to change the rules at Lone Star. Okay. And there are several lawsuits uh, filed against Lone Star. Right now? Right now, pending.
2: In Montgomery County?
0: In Montgomery County. There's a hearing on uh, Wednesday okay. here in Conroe. What court? Maybe on- 284. Okay. I think it's the 9 o'clock hearing.
2: And that's on Wednesday?
0: Wednesday, the 25th. I have my date right.
2: Next Wednesday. And will you be there? I will be there. Are you a witness? I'm a
0: plaintiff.
1: Plaintiff.
2: Oh. Are you? oh. Yes. <laughs>
1: Good for you.
0: Yes. Did y'all
1: hear that? Somebody is doing something about this. That is great. Well, I'm
2: definitely going to be there now that I'm, I'm going to be of involved, there because I want to <laughs> hear more about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, okay, so you're a plaintiff, and what is your cause of action?
0: Well, we just want Lone Star to comply with the law. If groundwater's private property, and it is, and it's owned in place, then Lone Star has to follow the law. Okay. And so, implementing a sixty-four thousand acre feet arbitrary pumping limit mm-hmm. on just us in Montgomery County mm-hmm. is not constitutional. Harris County pumps three hundred thousand acre feet a year. Same oh. aquifer.
2: Well, who comes up with the number? The San Jacinto River Authority. The board. Okay.
0: And so,
1: Harris County gets three hundred thousand feet, and we get. Do they pay more for that?
0: Or? They. We pay about this. It depends. You know, This these things get a little bit complicated. It depends on the uh, surface water reduction plan that you have to be in.
2: Okay. But if Harris County is getting more for, why why are they entitled to more? I mean, I know you just gave me like a calculation, but that seems arbitrary.
0: It's absolutely is it arbitrary.
2: Is it based on population? It,
0: it's, it's random. Hmm. It's, okay. It,
2: so your lawsuit's re- requesting that that number be changed.
0: Our our lawsuit is saying that you just don't have the legal right to force Montgomery County to limit our pumpage over the same reservoir that other people can pump whatever they want. Well, yeah, it is. Probably have
2: to go to a lawsuit for that
0: though. It's the right. Mars versus Railroad case. If, if you've ever heard about that case, it's a really neat oil and gas case. Right. What,
2: what year is that?
0: 49.
2: I should know it because I'm a landman, man. <laughs> and it is familiar to me, but I just don't remember it. So tell me about that yes. briefly.
0: So, so Mars versus railroad is just imagine a circle with a line in the middle. And the Mars family owns half and another group of people own the mm-hmm. other half. And so the other group of people decide they want to produce oil and gas out of their land. Mm-hmm. And they start producing oil and gas. Well, the Mars family says, we don't want to produce oil and gas right now. Mm-hmm. so we're going to drill these blocking wells up against our up against I the boundary this
1: case mm-hmm.
0: and oh. so they drill a bunch of wells mm-hmm. on their property mm-hmm. and they actually stop the draining of the minerals mm-hmm. to their neighbors
2: I mean I didn't know that we had that technology in 49, 49 we certainly didn't but
0: so the railroad commission steps in and says hold on a second Mars family we're gonna we're going to uh, implement a well spacing rule that only applies to you, oh, not their neighbors. They can't do that. They can't. <laughs> so the goes to the goes to the Supreme Court. Of course, the Mars family wins, and taking it was the takings of private property here in Montgomery County. It's exactly what is happening. Okay, our private property is being drained by our neighbors because of regulation.
2: And you mean neighbors, other counties?
0: Other mm-hmm. counties.
2: Mm -hmm. And even
0: inside of Montgomery County, this is what's called a user-based district, Uh which is we're going to decide who gets a permit and who doesn't based on the criteria that we come up with. Okay. Whether it's right or wrong, it's just a, a, instead of a correlative rights, which is you own a certain amount of land and you get a certain amount of water, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a user-based district.
2: Okay. Now I'm going to go backward just a little bit because I'm selfish about my water bill and I want to find out. So we get the, a new set of people on the board, and somehow this will uh, will segue into us having to pay less because of something that's going to be done. How does
0: that work? So this is going to take a while. It, it's this has been seventeen years right. in the making, right. and, and it's not going to get undone overnight. Right. First, we have to change the board at Lone Star, mm-hmm. and we have to fix the rules. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go to the river authority and say, we don't need you mm-hmm. because we don't have a water problem in Montgomery County. We have a government problem.
1: Exactly.
2: Ah, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly. the issue.
2: Right. So to, to well, look at your case, we can just look at the clerk's records, right, to kind sure. of follow it? Okay.
1: But and, you're in the 284th at 9 a.m. next Wednesday. And the case call is what to what? We can look it up?
0: Um, it is City of Conroe et al., uh-huh. Versus the Lone Star Groundwater. Okay,
2: so the city of Conroe is also a plan. We
0: have a coalition uh, of oh Conroe, okay. Magnolia, Shenandoah, a bunch of other water. Oh my water gosh, plants. I'm definitely
1: going to be at that hearing. You said <laughs> it was That'd on be Wednesday. Great, right? Wednesday, yes. I'm going to be there. All right. Well, listen, we want to thank you so much for coming out. Mr. Simon Cicada, the president of Restore Affordable Water, talking about the current issues that are going on here in Montgomery County about water and the cost of water. It affects every citizen that's a taxpayer that's in fun. this county. So we want to thank you for being here with us today. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: Yes, absolutely. And Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani want to thank our listeners for listening. Uh, you can check us out on www.legalconnectionshow.com, or you can send us questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. You will find us here every Tuesday live from 12 to 1 on 104.5 or 106.1. And Tony wants to tell you, serve. Oh, that's right. Uh, serve.
2: God. Serve God by serving your neighbors, and that's what we're doing here with our guests and by answering all your questions to the extent that we can. Uh, free of charge, attorneys are expensive, and being in lawsuits, as we all know, is, is traumatic for
1: all. So hang in there. We're, we're, we're pulling for you. We'll see you next week.